This podcast is a presentation of Sunset Presbyterian Church. For more information, log on to our website at www.sunsetpres.org. All right, today we begin a brand new Advent sermon series called Amazed. Advent is, as I said, the four Sundays uh, before Christmas, and it's a special season set apart to anticipate the most amazing event in human history. Yes, the most amazing event, that God, the maker of heaven and earth, has come in the form of Jesus Christ. So this Advent, we're going to be looking at four amazing events in the life of Jesus. And these events caused people who were there or people watching to be literally blown away. They were amazed. They marveled. They were filled with awe. And so the hope is that we would all be amazed by Jesus as we anticipate celebrating his birth this Christmas. Today, we're going to see an amazing miracle. Jesus feeds 5,000. And this event will show us Jesus's amazing compassion. So if anyone has come here today and your heart is aching, uh, maybe there's some suffering that you're facing, um, or maybe your heart is aching for someone else or on behalf of someone else. Maybe someone you love is suffering. If your heart is aching, you have the heart of God. Today, we're, we're going to see the good news that this God who reveals himself in Jesus is a God who sees us, who feels with us in our suffering, and who offers to help. He's the God of compassion. We're going to see that today. So let's pray. God of hope, would you fill us with hope? Lord, would you fill us with your Holy Spirit? Anoint us, empower us with your Holy Spirit today. That we might enter into this incredible miracle story, that we could be with them Um, When Jesus is feeding these 5,000, we can feel the green grass on our toes. Lord, help us to enter into this story and to see what it points to, that we would be forever changed. So bless us. Fill us with hope today in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. I love this miracle. So I'm just going to read through the miracle quickly And then we're going to come in and take a look at what this miracle points to. So Mark chapter 6, starting verse 30. The apostles, remember the apostles were on the mission trip. The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in a boat to a desolate place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. And when Jesus went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had, what? Compassion on them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And when it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, this is a desolate place, and the hour is late. Send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages to buy themselves something to eat. But Jesus answered them, You 
give them something to eat. And they said to him, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them? And he said to them, well, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And they, when they found out, they said, five and two fish. And he commanded them to sit down in groups on the green grass. And they sat down in groups of 100s and 50s. And taking five loaves and two fish, and he looked up to heaven, and he said a blessing, and he broke the loaves, and he gave them to the disciples and set them before the people, and he divided the two fish among them all. And a miracle. They all ate. They were all satisfied. And they even took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces and a fish. And those who ate the loaves were 5,000 men. The word of God. I love this miracle story. The the miracle of Jesus feeding 5,000 is amazing. It's a very, very famous story. In fact, this story is recorded in all four Gospels. All four of them see this as an incredibly important moment. Now, for many of us, when we imagine Jesus feeding 5,000, I mean, I don't know what you imagine, but for many of us, we, we imagine the scene something like this. People lounging on their pieces of cloth that they set on the green grass, having a beautiful picnic, sitting on this hilly side, green, everybody's eating a beautiful picnic. That's what we can imagine with this scene, this miracle. We're all being fed and having a beautiful picnic. However, this miracle is actually about a revolution. It's about a revolution of compassion. Tim Keller, my former senior pastor, helped me understand this insight. And I want to explore that idea uh, by asking two questions. Why is it a revolution of compassion? And what are the dynamics of this revolution? Sound good? So question one, why is it a revolution of compassion? So this miracle as in all the miracles, really acts like a parable. Do you know what a parable is? Parable just means to throw alongside. So you have a simple story that points to a deeper meaning. And usually that that story or that miracle, that event, is pointing to the heart of God, pointing to the kingdom of God. So we have to understand what this miracle is all about. It's not just a picnic. This miracle is about Jesus starting a revolution of compassion. The passage hinges on verse 34. Jesus saw a great crowd and he had, what is the word? Compassion on them. So compassion means to suffer with. It comes from two words, come with, with, or together, a passion to suffer. It's like the Greek word uh, sympathia. We get the word sympathy from it. She means the same thing, together and pathos or to, to empathize or to feel the passion for suffering of someone. And the word that's actually used here in the Greek is the word uh, splanknon, splanknon. I don't know if you can say it. I don't know if I'm saying it right. It's, it's the word we get spleen from. So literally, the word that you see translated compassion is literally the word that means bowels. But that doesn't really sound right, right? Jesus saw a great crowd and he had bowels for them. No, I mean, this doesn't translate. But the idea of the spleen, that inner part, it's that he 
felt deeply. He had compassion. He suffered with them. It means that he's seeing the people and he's suffering on their behalf. So this amazing miracle of Jesus feeding the 5,000, it's a parable. The miracle itself is a parable that points to the heart of God. And the heart of God is a a God of compassion who sees us, who feels our suffering, and who acts on our behalf. It's incredible. So why is it a revolution of compassion? I and not just an amazing miracle, I want to point out five reasons why. First, this miracle is a sign that it's a revolution for a new leader. This is incredible. So verse 34 again, Jesus, it says, had compassion on them because why? Now, if you think about the miracle, what's the miracle about? He fed 5,000 people. So you think the miracle is about feeding he had compassion on them. I would have thought it would have said because they were hungry. But it doesn't say that. Why did he, why was he filled with suffering for them? Because they were like sheep without a shepherd. They were like sheep without a shepherd. Now, I don't know about you, but when I think of sheep um, with a shepherd, I often imagine cotton ball sheep with a sweet shepherd with their your staff on green hills. But this phrase, sheep without a shepherd, was a revolutionary political statement. This phrase, sheep without a uh, shepherd, would have made everybody, I mean, I want you to imagine you're there. I know these aren't green, hilly, grassy uh, seats, but imagine you're there. This phrase, sheep without a shepherd, would have made all of you, all of us think back to Moses who was a revolutionary leader leading a revolution of freedom out of slavery. And it would have made us think back to, no, to Moses in Numbers 27, where Moses is talking to God. And Moses says, Let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, appoint a man over the congregation who will lead them out and bring them in, that the congregation of the Lord may not be as, what? Sheep that have no shepherd. So when Jesus has compassion on them because they were sheep without a shepherd, what he's saying is he feels deeply sorry for the people because they're without a leader. This phrase describes people without a leader. It would have been an indictment on the king of the day, the king Herod Antipas, who was really the king throughout Jesus' life. It was a political statement. The the miracle also was a sign that pointed to a revolution for a new prophet. Jesus commanded the people in the scene to sit in groups on green grass. And what were the sizes of the groups? Hundreds and fifties. Again, this would have reminded them right back to Moses. When Moses chose able men from all of Israel to be chiefs of hundreds and fifties. Moses did that same thing. So when Jesus was organizing them in that way, they would have thought right back to Moses. And in John's gospel, after Jesus fed the 5,000, the people said, this is indeed the prophet, the prophet who is to come into the world. Finally, the prophet that Moses had talked about in Deuteronomy 18, when, when God himself actually says to Moses, I will raise up for the people a prophet like you, Moses, from among their brothers. 
And then I couldn't resist adding this next line. Uh, and I will put my words into his mouth and he shall speak to them all that I commanded. And you see that in, in the Gospel of John where Jesus is constantly saying, the words I speak are the words of the Father. Jesus is that prophet. So Jesus feeding the 5,000 would have been a sign that pointed to Jesus being that promised prophet. This miracle is also a sign that pointed to a revolution for a new king. So in John's gospel, again, after Jesus feeds the 5,000, it says they were about to come and take Jesus by force to make him what? Wow, is that interesting? What is happening in this scene? It's not just about people sitting around and getting fed. People tried to make him king by force. So this miracle was a sign, and it was a sign that pointed to a revolution because the miracle took place in a revolutionary place. This is, intri- this is very interesting. Mark 6 says that uh, they went in a boat to a desolate place. John 6 says they went to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Luke 9 says that they went to a town called Bethsaida. So it's a remote location, but it wasn't just any location. It was known as the birthplace of the revolutionary zealot movement. So let me help us see this. So on the screen, you'll see uh, that red dot is the city of town of Bethsaida. And then to the right of it, you can't see the whole word. It says Gamala. And let me tell you about this place. Gamala was the birthplace of the zealot movement. So the leader, his name was Judas of Galilee or Judas of Gamala, which is where he was from, was the Jewish leader who led the resistance to the census imposing the Roman tax. So Jesus, and by the way, that was by Quirinius. Does that name ring a bell? So Jesus was born into a tumultuous political time. It was a time in which Rome, the empire of Rome, was imposing a tax. And this zealot movement was born in this very reason to resist that tax. So it was a revolutionary place. And it was a revolution with a new revolutionary army. Look at this. Mark 6, again, those who ate the bread were what? Have you ever wondered why 5,000? You ever wondered why men? Why does it say women? Have you ever wondered that? Like, just before this, Jesus sees a large crowd. It would have been very easy for Mark to have written, and after seeing this large crowd, he fed a large crowd. He could have easily said that, but he doesn't. He says 5,000 and 5,000 men. Why? Because 5,000 men was the number of a Roman legion. In fact, 5,000 men organized into hundreds and fifties was a Roman legion, a Roman army. Do you, do you see what's happening here? This amazing miracle was a sign that pointed to a revolution that was taking place. A revolution born in a revolutionary place with a new revolutionary leader, prophet, and king, and a new revolutionary army. Jesus is leading a revolution, and this miracle is pointing to it. And it's not just any kind of revolution. It's a revolution of compassion. 
so beautiful. And that leads us to the second question. What then are the dynamics of this revolution of compassion? And I want to point out five. So it's a revolution that brings life. So if you think about it, there, are, there have been many revolutions throughout history. You can read about them, the French Revolution, the American Revolution, the Russian Revolution. And when you read about these revolutions, they all had revolutionary leaders. And typically, the revolutionary leader would hand out to the revolutionary army something. What would the revolutionary leader typically throughout history hand to the army? You can talk to me. Weapons. I don't know who said it. That's typically what would happen. They'd hand out weapons. But this is no ordinary revolutionary leader. Jesus handed something different out. What did he hand out to his army? Bread! Bread! Not weapons. Bread. Weapons are a symbol for death. What's bread a symbol for in the Bible? Life. I am the bread of life. I'm the giver of life. I'm going to give you abundant life. This is no ordinary revolution. It's a revolution that brings life, God's life, to everybody. Second, it's a revolution that also disrupts our life. So if you remember, the apostles were sent on this missionary journey. They were tired. They came back. They needed rest. And Jesus even encouraged them to get a, you know, have some quiet time, go to, go to the coast, go to Cannon Beach for a little while, get some rest, uh, take some leisure time, watch some football games, t- take a little rest, put your feet up, uh, go to a cool, you know, yummy restaurant. Portland's the cool, like, you know, foodie town. So you, you need rest after that mission trip. Go get, go get that yummy little food and get, get some rest. So look at what happens here. So they went away to, in a boat to a desolate place by themselves. So they're thinking, phew, oh, I need some rest. After all, I've been in hardcore ministry. I'm so tired. So oh, finally got, finally getting a break from people, okay? And then what happens? Now, many people saw them going, they recognized them, and they ran. They ran on foot to the, all the, ta- all the towns, went ahead of them. And when they landed, thinking they're going to get some rest, boom, here we are. So it's a revolution that disrupts our life. When we follow Jesus and his revolution of compassion, it can disrupt our life. We can, there's moments when we just want to take a break, but hey, there's someone in need. We've got to show up. Now, third, the revolution is a revolution that reveals something, and that something is God, the heart of God, the character of God, the kingdom of God. If you ever thought about this, why does Jesus do miracles? Why does he do miracles? You know, I've been thinking about this. If I had the power of the universe in my fingertips, how would I do miracles? I mean, I would love to do some miracles. I, if, if, if I had that kind of power and I could do it, I would not want to hide it from anybody. I would want everybody to see it. I'd perform all kinds of crazy miracles because I would want to reveal these powers, become famous maybe. Why did Jesus do miracles? If you notice, he never did miracles so that people would notice him. 
In fact, he did the opposite. He'd do something miraculous, heal somebody. Shh, 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 don't tell anybody, don't tell anybody, don't, don't tell anybody. On, on and on. And he never did miracles to reveal his infinite power. There would have been better ways to reveal his power than the miracles that he did. I mean, I've thought to myself, I'd lo- I would love to have been the marketing director for Jesus Christ. Um, you know, Jesus, we've got some great miracles planned ahead. You know, some in Galilee, some in Jerusalem. I've got the, you know, announcements, social media is taken care of. You know, the date, the time, all the announcements have been made. The radio stations are going to play this. And I've got some great miracles planned for you. There are a million, a billion ways for Jesus to display his power, but he never does. The miracles are not about displaying his power. The miracles of Jesus, they're all signs. And that's why I love the Gospel of John. John calls all his miracles signs. When people saw the signs, this is what he says about the feeding of the 5,000, when people saw the sign that he had done. So the miracles are signs that reveal the heart of God, that reveal the kingdom of God, reveal the way things are not supposed to be. Why does he heal disease? Because disease is not the way it's supposed to be, so he heals the sick. He, he feeds the hungry because it's, it's not the way it's supposed to be, so he, he feeds the poor. Death is not the way it's supposed to be, so he raises the dead. Injustice is not the way it's supposed to be, so he confronts the leaders. Evil is not the way it's supposed to be. It's not in the kingdom of God, so he casts out the demons. So this revolution of compassion, this event itself reveals who God is. And it's a revolution, by the way, with limited resources. So this is going to be good news for anyone in ministry, anyone in business, anyone who struggles with your resources. You ready for this? Are you with me, by the way? Okay, so it is a revolution with seemingly inadequate resources. Think about it. Jesus says to the disciples, you give them something to eat. And what do the disciples do? Well, great, we will. No, they didn't do that. You give them something to eat. But, 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 but we have limited resources. Look at this. You give them something to eat. But, we, we have limited energy. We don't have a lot of energy. If you remember, Jesus said to them, they were just exhausted after their ministry. He says, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest. You need rest. They had no leisure, nothing to eat. Jesus, you know, I'd love to feed them, but I'm tired. I'm, I'm, I need a break. I, I need, I'm hungry. I'm too hungry to do this. There was limited time. Jesus says, you go feed them. But the, the disciples said, it, it grew late. And the disciples came to him and said, the hour is now late. It's late. It's getting dark. There's not enough time. I can't do it. There was, it was a limited location. Jesus said, you give them something to eat. But the disciples said, well, this is a desolate place. I mean, you've heard the phrase, location, location, location. Well, this is a bad location. It's remote. It's desolate. There are no grocery, there's no Safeway, QFC, Costco next door. No grocery stores anywhere. Limited location. Well, personnel. Jesus said, you go feed them. Uh, the disciples said, well, send them away to go buy themselves something to eat. No, they didn't have compassion. 
They wanted to send all the people away. Let them fend for themselves. Well, there's limited money. Jesus says, you feed them. The disciples said to him, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them? That's eight months worth of my wages. Not enough money. Can't do it. By the way, it doesn't say that they didn't even have the money. You know, maybe they even had the money. They just didn't want to give it away. Limited materials. You know, you feed them. Well, how many loaves do you have? The disciples said, five loaves and two fish. Now, often when, well, when, when you think of a loaf of bread, what do you think of? Wonder bread. Someone said that in the last service. That is hilarious. That is hilarious. William Eford said the same thing in the last service. Wonder bread. And that's a good one. By the way, it's not really wonderful because it's white and it's not good for you. And that's a whole other sermon. But anyway, <laughs> wonder bread. It's a wonder. It's amazing bread. That's not good for you. But anyway, wonder bread. That's true. When we think of loaves, we think of wonder bread. We think of a loaf of bread. And so when we imagine the story, we think Jesus had these five loaves of bread and two, you know, king salmons on his, on his back. Okay. But, but that is not likely. They really would have been five barley biscuits. So if you've ever been to Costco and bought a chocolate chip cookie, it's about that size. Barley biscuits and maybe two sardines. We're talking little things. So this revolution of compassion seems to have limited resources, limited energy, limited time, limited location, limited personnel, limited money, limited materials. And yet, it's a revolution that produces amazing results. It produces abundance. Jesus, after blessing it, gave it to them, and they all, all of them, and they, were, they didn't just eat, they were satisfied. Mm. Twelve baskets full. You know, every little word is a sign that's to, to something. The, the number 12 would have reminded them of the 12 tribes of Israel. And then in Revelation, we see 12 times 12,000 equals 144,000. That represents all of God's servants. So the number 12 was full of meaning. That, in other words, this abundance given by the five and two, the seven, the fullness that was given, that fully given, it is that abundance is spread for all people. They're all satisfied. And the work of God through Jesus Christ and his compassion is going to satisfy all God's people. Isn't that incredible? So this revolution of compassion will start small with seemingly limited resources, like a mustard seed, like yeast, Yet this revolution will grow into abundance. They were all satisfied. Can I share a story with you? I'm going to anyway, even if you say no. Okay. Um, It's a modern day example of this revolution of compassion that seems to have limited resources, yet produces amazing results. It's a story about a man named Jerry. He worked for a nonprofit organization called Save the Children. Has anyone heard of this organization? Save the Children. So Jerry uh, was at, well, Jerry was sent to Vietnam to tackle child malnutrition. And Jerry, not a, that's kind of a big thing to tackle, right? So he did the research and know what the causes of malnutrition, poverty, lack of 
access to clean water, lack of education, lack of sanitation system. And Jerry thought to himself, what can one person really do? He knew that he could not change the sanitation systems in the country of Vietnam. Have you ever felt that way? What can one person do? There are so many problems in this world. What can I do? I'm just one person. Well, that's how Jerry felt, but it didn't stop him. He knew he could not change the educational system in the country of Vietnam, but what he could do is go to one village. And he went to one village, and he said to the mothers at this village, he said, I'm working on a project, and I want you to help me alleviate child malnutrition. And the mothers, as all awesome, heroic mothers, would say, yes, I'm on board. So Jerry and the mothers did some research. They found a few children who were healthy. They had the right height, the right weight, and um, yet they were living among those who were unhealthy. The families all had the same resources. So they studied what the mothers were doing differently with the kids who were healthy. And what they discovered is that the mothers were putting something different in their white rice. Which, by the way, white rice is not healthy for you. But um, (laughs) it's a whole other topic. What they were doing is they were putting little pieces of shrimp and crabs in the white rice, which was considered improper for kids to eat. And they were also putting green plants, uh, which was considered a lower-class food, and they sprinkled it into these white rice, this white rice. In other words, they were giving them vitamins and protein. Not only that, these mothers were giving four small meals a day rather than two large ones, which was helpful because when you're malnourished, that digestive system is compromised, and so the smaller meals help them with their digestion to digest the proteins and the vitamins. And they discovered... uh, So when they discovered that a few families were doing well, what began to happen is that these mothers began to teach other mothers. And then other mothers started doing uh, this, and pretty soon that village, that one village, had healthy kids. Well, that spread to the next village, and that spread to the next village. Now listen to this. Talk about limited resources producing amazing results. Listen to this. Pretty soon, 2.6 million people were served. Over 256 villages were impacted by one man who was under-resourced, producing unbelievable, abundant results. That is the kingdom of God. That is what Jesus' revolution of compassion is all about. You see people You see their need, you feel for their suffering, and you do something about it. You know, there's so many stories that I could tell about people doing things like this. And I just want to celebrate. We have a friend, Heather Mann, who's here from Denver. And she she serves on the board of Young Life. And she's giving. You know, what can one person do? She and others are giving college scholarships to young Christian men and women in developing countries around the world. That those mustard seeds that are going out, that is, the king, that is joining Jesus' revolution of compassion. So, friends, how do we apply this? How do we apply this miracle to our lives? It's simple. Join Jesus' revolution 
of compassion. Join it. How do you do it? It is simple. Simply putting your faith in Jesus and doing your best to follow him. It's that easy. You put your trust, you do your best to follow him, and you don't need to try to become compassionate. You just love him, and, that, and as you follow him, that compassion will naturally, whimsically, graciously bubble up. Now, one way to join his revolution of compassion this Christmas is by getting involved in our food and toy Christmas outreach program. Did you know today is the last day? All you have to do is pick up a family by, by taking an ornament out in the lobby. All you have to do is pick one of those up and, you can, uh, and the rest is easy and you can get involved. The food and toy is such a great Christmas tradition that we have. I just love what this community has done over the years. And if you could hear the numbers of, of kids who have been served, it's staggering. Food and Toy is a Christmas outreach project that gives this, our family an opportunity to join Jesus' revolution of compassion. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, a God of hope, Lord, we thank you for this miracle and what it points to. We thank you that you have a heart of compassion, that you tenderly see our suffering. You feel it deeply in your gut. And you not only see us, but you're there with us, and you long to do something about it. Lord, help us to join in your heart, in your compassion, Help us, by your grace, to join Jesus' revolution of compassion. And may we be forever changed. In Jesus' name. All God's people said. Well, today we're going to celebrate communion. Do you know that the miracle of Jesus feeding 5,000 is a sign that not only points to this revolution, it's a sign that points to communion. Did you know that? When we read about revolutions in history, often the revo- the, a revolution often starts when a revolutionary leader dies. So I lived in the Philippines for 13 years, and I don't know if you've heard of the People Power Revolution that happened in the Philippines. Uh, it was a nonviolent revolution against violence and fraud. And in many ways, that revolution, the Yellow Revolution that took place, it took place after the assassination of the Filipino Senator Ninoy Aquino. And when that took place, then that revolution uh, began to grow. The feeding of the 5,000 is an amazing miracle that points to a revolution of compassion. And that revolution started when the revolutionary leader willingly gave his life. So if you think about it, in the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus, look at the verbs here. Listen to these. He takes the five loaves and two fish, and he looks up to heaven, and he blesses them. And then he, he broke the loaves, and he gave it to his disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them, and they all ate and were satisfied. You see, this miracle is a sign that points to this meal.
to communion. It points to the other end of the Gospel of Mark in Mark 14 when Jesus instituted the the Lord's Supper. It says, as they were eating, just like he did in the feeding of the 5,000, he took bread. And after blessing it, he broke it. And then he gave it to his disciples, saying, take this and eat this. This is my body given for you. Given for you. Eat it, and when you do, remember me. And when he had given thanks... And he also took the cup, and we had given thanks and blessed it. He gave it to them, and they all drank. And then he said, this is the blood of my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of all your sins. So the miracle points to the greater miracle of his work, his saving work done with a heart of compassion for you and for me. So I'd like to invite the communion servers to come forward at this time. And I want to invite you to come. Join the revolution of compassion by receiving Jesus Christ today. And may God bless you. He has started a revolution of compassion, of compassion spread throughout the world. Uh, Know well. Come and see this amazing love. So Join us throughout this Advent as we're going to be amazed by Jesus. If you're facing a storm, we're going to, he's going to amaze you next week. He's going, to calm, he's going to calm the storms. So come, bring a friend next week. And if any of you need prayer, we're going to have some prayer ministers up front who would love to pray for you. So I'd like to call any elders, former, current, or prayer ministers forward now if you're able. And uh, we're a house of prayer for all nations. So please come and receive prayer at the end of the service. All right. And then tonight, 7 p.m., Christmas concert. I'll see you there with some cookies. All right. Receive the blessing. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing in Jesus so that by the power of his Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. And all God's people said,